Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, welcome back to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep podcast. Today is Q&A Tuesday. I have a bunch of questions that I've pulled out of my DMs from Instagram over the last week that I'm going to answer for you. I've already answered all of these. In case you're ever wondering, when I do get these questions, I don't just make the people who ask the questions wait for the next episode of the podcast to come out. I do answer these parents when they DM me on Instagram. I always answer all of my DMs. Sometimes it might take me a couple of days to get back to a parent, but I am very committed to answering all of the DMs that we get one-on-one with families because I know they need sleep. I know they're looking for answers and I want to be there for all of you. And we at the Happy Sleep Company want to be there for all of you getting you through these challenges. So I do answer the questions directly on Instagram, but then I usually pull out five every other week when we do Q&A Tuesday to to answer here for more people. I pick out five that I think, you know what? This is going to resonate with a lot of parents. This isn't just one specific question that this parent asked that doesn't really apply to anybody else. This is a common question. This is a common challenge. This, The answer to this is something that's going to help multiple parents. So let's put this into the podcast, into the next episode of Q&A Tuesday to help some extra parents out. So let's dive in to today's questions. The first one is about an 18-month-old. My child is 18 months old and has been on a one-nap schedule for a month or so. She goes down at 11 a.m. and naps around two hours, then in bed at 7 p.m. She wakes quite early, well before 6 a.m. most days. Is there a way to get her sleeping in a bit later? I would suggest there probably is. I think the day is a little unbalanced. Once a child is ready for a one-nap schedule, which usually happens somewhere between 16 and 18 months of age, normally I suggest that that nap happen at 12 p.m. I don't suggest it happen much earlier than that. I don't suggest it happen much later than that. 12 p.m. is a good nap for most children who have just switched to one nap, and really until they're around two, two and a half years of age, most children do best with their nap being at noon. Why? because it really balances out the day. So in the case of this specific question, this parent is putting their child down at 11 a.m. If their child naps a couple of hours, their nap is done by one. Then they're not going to bed until around seven. They are probably having too big of a stretch from the end of their nap at 1 p.m. to their bedtime at seven, and they're probably a little bit overtired at bedtime as a result. Overtiredness at bedtime usually results in early morning wake-ups, and that is probably why this particular child is waking up well before 6 a.m. most days. So the day is kind of unbalanced, the nap starts too early in the day, and then it ends too early in the day, and then we have too much time between the nap and bedtime, and baby's overtired. So what I would suggest is that we move this nap to noon, That way, the child naps for a couple of hours, the nap ends around 2 p.m., and then they're not overtired by their 7 p.m. bedtime, and they are less likely to wake up early the next day as a result of that overtiredness. 
What about a nap later than noon? Why don't I recommend that? Well, if we're getting much later than noon for an 18-month-old, that 18-month-old is probably getting overtired for their nap. If they are overtired by the time we offer their nap, they're likely to protest their nap more. They're likely to have a shorter nap. So that's why I don't recommend a nap much later than noon because we don't want your child being overtired for the nap. And I don't recommend it much before noon because we don't want your child then being overtired at bedtime. That's why noon is such a great time for a one nap schedule for a young toddler. The next question is about an older toddler. My two and a half year old son has been waking up in the night yelling, mommy, rub my back. We rub his back to sleep at bedtime. Any way to stop these night wakes? We've tried a nightlight, leaving the door open in case he's scared, but he keeps waking and yelling in the night. Here's where we talk about sleep crutches. When I'm working with an infant, the most common sleep crutches that we see are feeding to sleep, rocking to sleep, and replacing a pacifier to go to sleep. These crutches get baby to sleep, but also keep baby from learning how to fall asleep on their own and then keep them waking up all throughout the night looking for those crutches again. When I'm working with an older child, an older toddler, a preschooler, the most common sleep crutch that we see is laying with a child to fall asleep or rubbing their back until they fall asleep. And while the sleep crutch might be different between infants and toddlers, the concept is the same. If that two and a half year old needs his back rubbed with a parent lying in his bed in order to fall asleep at bedtime, it's very likely that anytime he's in a light stage of sleep during the night and wakes up a little bit, he's going to wake up a lot and think, hey, where's my sleep crutch? Where's the thing that was here when I went to sleep? I don't know how to go to sleep without that thing, so I don't know how to go back to sleep without that thing. And that's where this child will yell out and look for mom or dad to come rub his back back to sleep in the middle of the night as well as at bedtime. So the concept with sleep coaching is the same too, where we need to remove the crutches and teach a child how to go to sleep independently without those crutches so that he has the independent sleep skills to go back to sleep in the middle of the night as well. This is something that can be a bit controversial because I have definitely heard parents say, what's wrong with rubbing a child's back to sleep until they fall asleep at bedtime? What's wrong with me lying with my child to fall asleep at bedtime. It's a beautiful time of day where we cuddle and I lie with him until he falls asleep. And that can absolutely be the case for some families. Just like for some families, rocking their child to sleep at bedtime works for them and their child manages to sleep through the night without waking up or only wakes up once at night and is easily rocked back to sleep quickly again and it's not an issue for that family. But that's not every family. For some families who rock their baby to sleep, their baby is then up seven to eight times overnight and the parents are exhausted. For some families who lie with their child to fall asleep at bedtime, their child won't then sleep through the night. He will be waking up multiple times at night and then the whole family is really tired. You have to do what works best for you and your individual family. And when parents come to us with questions like this, we want to help them get to the other side of this because if they're asking us for help, we know they want to make a change. All right, quick pause because what is more important to talk about when it comes to sleep than what we actually sleep on? I want to tell you about my very favorite mattress brand, Obison. Whether we're talking parents, kiddo, or baby, Obison is my go-to for comfort when it comes to your family's sleep. You wouldn't want your family to sleep on anything less than the very best. And that starts with the best materials in the world. Obison's mattresses are handcrafted in Canada, and their materials are organic, ethically sourced, and chemical-free. 
Babies' body temperatures tend to fluctuate while they sleep. Obison's mattresses are breathable and moisture-wicking to help regulate babies' temperature levels throughout the night. And comfort knows no age, so Obison's organic 6-inch mattress for kids also features evolving support as your children grow and grow and grow. My own little girl sleeps on an Obison mattress, and it is a dream. And when it comes to custom sleep, Obison is all in. That's why, in addition to mattresses, they also offer you five distinct pillows with unique designs and different fillings that serve every sleeping style and meet both your toddler's needs and your own as grown-ups. We want your kids sleeping great. Use code HAPPYSLEEP at checkout and get 10% off when you purchase a crib mattress. Head to obison.com and obison.ca and get great sleep started. So in this case, I would say that the key is going to be weaning off of the rubbing of the child's back at bedtime and the lying with the child until he falls asleep at bedtime so that he is starting to go to sleep more independently at bedtime and then he's able to use those independent sleep skills to fall back asleep in the middle of the night. And he's not expecting a sleep crutch because he doesn't have one at bedtime anymore so he doesn't need one in the middle of the night anymore. And that can certainly be tough. And we have other blog posts and podcasts about age-appropriate reward systems for a a two-and-a-half or three-year-old when we're trying to change the way they go to sleep at bedtime and have them fall asleep more independently. I love the idea that this family has introduced a nightlight to reduce any fears of the dark. With an older child, two-and-a-half plus, a nightlight can be a great idea, just a dim wall nightlight to calm any fears of the dark, leaving the door open a little bit if that's something that makes that child feel better. This can be a great idea, but it's also then going to be about removing that crutch, explaining to the child about falling asleep more independently, avoiding rubbing his back and laying with him until he falls asleep, and getting him more used to that at bedtime so he's also able to implement that overnight too. The next question is about an older child too. My three and a half year old stopped napping recently. He goes to bed around 6.30 p.m. and he sleeps until 6 or 6.30 a.m., Is there any way to get him sleeping a bit later? This mama sent me some crying emojis when I responded to her because my response to this mama was 6 a.m. and beyond is a really normal and appropriate time for an infant, a toddler, or a preschooler to wake up to start their day. I would not mess with the schedule of a three-year-old who's going to bed at 6.30 and sleeping until past 6 a.m. the next day. I know as adults, it feels early and we would prefer to sleep in a little later, but it is quite a normal time for children's body clocks to wake up and be ready to get going. If this child is only three and a half and has recently stopped napping, I think 6.30 p.m. is a great bedtime, and I would not suggest that this parent do a later bedtime in an attempt to make this child sleep later the next morning because he's probably pretty overtired if we're anywhere past 6.30 when he's this age and he's not napping anymore. 6.30 is a pretty great bedtime for a three and a half year old who's just recently stopped napping and whose body clock is just getting used to getting through the whole day without sleep. So 6.30 p.m. is great. Anything past 6 a.m. for a wake-up is great, too. I would stick with what's working for your child. Consider maybe bumping bedtime to 7 p.m. when he's a little older, around four years old or beyond, and that may bump out his morning a little, but it also might not because, once again, 6 a.m. and beyond, really, really normal for infants, toddlers, and preschoolers. Next question. Hi, Erin. Is there an average amount of time it should take a baby to get to sleep if on a good schedule? It's a really good question. 
like anything, it's not going to be the same for every single baby. But on average, I would suggest if a child has independent sleep skills, goes into the crib awake, generally falls asleep independently, and is on a great age-appropriate schedule of proper wake windows, most babies are going to fall asleep for their naps within about 5 to 10 minutes, maybe 15, probably within 5 to 10 for their naps. When it comes to bedtime, I do see most children, infants, toddlers, and especially older toddlers and preschoolers take a little longer to fall asleep at bedtime than they would at a nap time. There is a lot to process at the end of the day for toddlers and preschoolers for sure, and for infants who are going through so many different developmental milestones. So I do see that on average, it does take infants, toddlers, preschoolers longer to fall asleep at bedtime, and it might be closer to 15 or 20 minutes for infants, and even up to half an hour for older toddlers and preschoolers who are spending that time in their beds, singing to themselves, talking to themselves, talking to their stuffies, again, processing their day. So don't be alarmed if it's taking that much time. Certainly in this case, we aren't talking about being upset this whole time. We're talking about children who have already established good independent sleep skills and are usually just, again, talking to themselves, whispering to themselves, singing to themselves, maybe fussing ever so lightly here and there for infants, but not protest, not crying. We're talking about it just taking them some time to get to sleep. And if on a good schedule, then... 5, 10, maybe 15 minutes at nap time is very normal, what I see on average. And again, infants, 15 minutes or so, maybe 20 at bedtime, older children, maybe up to half an hour, all really normal. Last question for today. We are going on a trip in a little under two weeks from now, and my baby is starting to show signs of maybe being ready to drop from three naps to two. Wondering if now is a good time or if we should wait until after the trip. If you can, I would wait until after the trip. If your baby is really showing signs that they're ready to drop to two naps, meaning they're already essentially refusing their third nap every day, they're taking a super long time to get to sleep for their first two naps. They're babbling in their crib for half an hour before they'll fall asleep. Their naps are getting really short. You think they don't have enough sleep pressure. They're not tired enough at their nap times. Then sure, don't hold out for two more weeks. Make that transition if it really seems your child is ready. But this mom's question made me think that this child is just starting to show signs of being ready. Like maybe they don't look quite as tired as they used to at the end of their current wake windows. Maybe they're taking a few minutes longer to get to sleep for their naps than they used to. If this child is likely to be able to hang on to three naps for a couple of more weeks, I would hang on to three naps for a couple of more weeks. And this is why. When you are on vacation, first of all, it's usually big, busy days. We're at the beach or we're doing some kind of activities. It's really stimulating. Your child may be extra tired and may not be able to stay awake for very long and may really need those three naps, that third nap with those shorter wake windows. If they're on two naps, First of all, they're only going to have two naps. And second of all, they may be really, really tired for those naps, almost overtired if we're stretching them too far and their wake window is too big and there's just too much going on in their day. The other thing you want to consider is that on vacation, often you want to be sticking in some stroller naps, some car naps when you're getting from one activity to the other. When you're spending the afternoon at the beach and you want to just have the afternoon nap at the beach as you stroll. That might not be as long or as restful as a nap as your baby is used to. So 
you might want to have the opportunity to stick in a third nap because the stroller naps and the car naps that are happening are not very long and restful. And often when we're on vacation, we want to stay up a little bit later. We want to go out for dinner and not have to worry about being back for a super early bedtime. Generally, children who are on three naps per day have a slightly later bedtime than when they switch to two naps per day. Once we switch to two naps per day, we're normally seeing the second nap end by around three or four o'clock in the afternoon, which means bedtime needs to be sometime between six and seven for a lot of children who've just switched to two naps. When a child is on three naps a day, we often don't see that third nap end until around 5, 5.30 in the afternoon. That means that bedtime can be closer to 8 p.m. And that may be very, very helpful to you if you're on vacation and you want to go out for a 6 p.m. dinner and you don't have to worry about your baby being in bed until 8 because they had that nice late afternoon, early evening third nap that you kept, that you hung on to because it was going to make your vacation a little bit easier. So... If you're just on the cusp of nap transitions and you have a big trip coming up, probably best to wait until after that trip to make that transition. Those are the top five for the week. I hope that was helpful to everyone. I hope lots of you are getting the chance to get away and go on some trips as we enter these winter months. If you're like me and you live in a climate where it's getting really cold, you're dreaming of warm weather and sunny days. So I hope you're getting a chance to do that. Head to thehappysleepcompany.com for lots of blog posts, podcast episodes, lots of information about travel and keeping sleep on track when you are traveling, if you have some trips planned. And have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company, and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com, for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.